King James Virgin, where each and every week my friends Alan and Adam recount Bible stories from their childhoods to me. I've never heard them before. My name is Nick. I'm Alan. My name is Adam. Hey, guys. Hey. Today, I'm going to tell you about something. Oh. Deal with it. I don't think it really makes us the virgins, though. No. Well, I don't know. Like, Nick texted us a name. I didn't know recognize the name, so I am a virgin... Yeah, that name that sounds weird with this topic. I kind of feel like it's going to be like we already have the STI. We're just not aware of it. (laughs) I'm here to give you the results. Yeah. (laughs) Ding dong. I feel like Adam and I are going to know a lot about this. This is this is the HRV. That's actually what I'm most interested in. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, this is something this is uh, one of a few episodes that I've been wanting to do for a while. Um, I needed to uh, beef up my biblical chops, thanks to uh, Alan, to be able to tackle something like this. I'm sorry. Um, (laughs) But now that I'm a biblical scholar. I I mean, Alan's getting close. Yeah, totally. It's just making me argue with family members, which (laughs) isn't the greatest, (laughs) but at least I'm like equipped. Yeah. I I have the armor of God. You do. Like you you have. (laughs) That's uh, probably a pretty good episode idea. A sword in the spirit, armor of God, like don't, that whole don't thing. Don't ruin it for Nick. Oh, sorry. It sounds great. Let's talk about it. It's dumb. It's not great. Um, uh, so I am uh, not interested in the Bible, despite our podcast. Uh, um, I am interested in uh, politics and history. Um, so uh, this is an episode about uh the introduction of Christianity into conservatism and uh, not meant to be politically triggering in any way, uh, especially given the timing of when we've decided to do this. <laughs> That's true. Uh, this will come out after uh, the world ends. Um, but I think that uh, the reason why I wanted to do this series is that I think that it's uh, important and interesting to uh, stay connected to history and how the things that we talk about on this podcast uh, tend to get like incorporated into our culture in like ways that really affect how we live on a day to day basis. Sure. Without really even acknowledging that that's where they're. Yeah, you kind of start. We, I mean, we've talked about this before and you kind of started down this road with the uh, music episode. Sure. And like, I mean, that's like a result of, I assume what you're going to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. I was also thinking too. I mean, I think that a lot of the things that Alan and I as children were, are now reacting to negatively actually have less to do in some cases with the stories themselves and are actually more this, like a political cultural thing that's been overlaid on to like kind of the veneer of this that's been overlaid on top of the story. Yeah, I'm sure. Or, or the, uh, I mean, or the inverse, not, not to take, <laughs> not to like take it off topic, but, uh, or just the omission or glossing over 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, part of what I find the most fascinating about our typical episodes, um, is that there is a, like, since I come at things from an angle of, uh, having never heard them before, I'm hearing a story for the first time and I legitimately am trying to like appreciate it as a story. And oftentimes I will. And then it'll be like, and here's how we were told that story and how like the message that was (laughs) derived from that in some pretty like bastardized way. And sure. I'll often talk with like other Christian friends who, you know, we're not seventh Adventist or whatever, have a more like loose interpretation. And they'll often, you know, like react 
kind of the same way. Like, I feel like I'm actually coming at it from like a, that's all cool, man. Christian <laughs> angle. <laughs> you know. Um, and then you guys tell your stories about your childhoods and how the stories were used. And it's like, holy shit. And so that's actually the, the connected, uh, uh, portion to this pillars of uh, conservatism in Christianity, because we'll start by talking about one person. And I think that there's not a lot that we will disagree with when we talk about him. Okay. Um, but you will be able to see like how disagree with him. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, there, there will be, we will disagree with him on certain things, but I think that you'll see that like his ideas are then also perverted by people that came after him and like used probably incorrectly. So with that, we're talking about Russell Kirk today. I've never heard that name in my entire life. I uh, honestly, when you texted it to me, thought you were like messing up James T. Kirk. <laughs> so. I see more of a Russell Crowe meets Kirk Cameron. Oh, okay. like imagine Russell Crowe. Oh, God. Russell Crowe in the Left Behind movies or on Growing Pains. I, I, Wait, Growing Pains? Yes. Yeah, he was Growing Pains. Yeah. I also really like the idea of Russell Crowe playing Kirk Cameron in the Kirk Cameron biopic. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Or Kirk Cameron playing Russell Crowe. And Either the- one is, <laughs> is wonderful. Yeah. Old boner next door. <laughs> Wait, or does boner live above the garage? Or does Kirk Cameron live above the garage? It's been a while since I've seen Growing Pains. I can't rem- uh, All I remember is literally the name Kirk Cameron. Fonz lives above the garage. So what does boner do? I don't know. Isn't boner like uh, Kirk Cameron's like BFF in. Are we literally, is there, was there literally a character named boner that in a show yes. that yes. Kirk yes, Cameron is absolutely. a part of? Yeah. Isn't he that like, he's like the, he's that like the goofy kryptonite? best friend. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's the Sean, uh, to, uh, Kirk Cameron's Corey. Oh, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Nailed it. <laughs> so it's a, it's a story about masturbation. I was more of a fan of that show. <laughs> Um, so you're both correct. There's no reason why you should know about Russell Kirk. I think that most conservatives don't know about Russell Kirk. All right. Um, but he is a person who his name will be invoked a lot when let's say a, uh, representative, a conservative representative is talking, uh, getting up and giving a speech about, uh, why we need more money in the defense budget. Uh, and then invokes him for some weird moral reason that doesn't make sense at all. Doesn't apply. So, you know, it's the same thing as like quoting the Bible passage and being like, wait, you, what? Right. Uh, what's your read on that exactly? What's funny is I think like uh, a politician would get less shit for like, or no shit for bringing up a religious writer or the Bible. Whereas if you're referencing uh, Captain, you know, Tiberius Kirk, <laughs> <laughs> just a different Kirk, uh, oh. like in the Senate, which would be amazing and more applicable. Uh, you'd get so much shit for it. Of course. I mean, is this because little, the internet exists? Is this a little bit like, yeah. a, like a, a, like law and order, uh, Democrat referencing Malcolm X, like a, using a Malcolm X quote going, Oh sure. Yeah. 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 And you're like, you understand that like, right. None yes. of this organization, like this organization is the part of the problem that. Yeah. Yeah. And so much of the like eh, out of context, out of context, out yeah, of yeah, context. Yeah. Um, so Russell Kirk, uh, existed from 1918 to 1994. I like saying it that way existed from, I mean, it's reasonable. Yeah. I just, I've never heard that applied to a human. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, sorry. I, I don't know why that like he existed like it, like it was a building. Well, he, he is a pillar. I, uh, yes. Um, he uh, is he's so reading his stuff. He's such a old grump uh, and uh, he he would be considered a 
paleo conservative or a paleocon. Is that a term that's familiar to you? Not, not at all. So he doesn't eat carbs. <laughs> I he, too easy. Yeah, too he, easy. He reads the Bible like a caveman. So uh, pre neoconservative, I'm guessing. Yeah, paleocons are like their things are Christian ethics, nationalism, paternalism. And just a lot of a lot playing, of tradition, like tra- the hits. <laughs> yes. A lot of tradition for tradition's sake, because tradition mm, surprisingly <laughs> appropriate after our Abraham series. Yes. Mm. Um, yes. So not paleocon sounds like a pretty lame conference, though. Oh, paleocon. Oh, pa- I get, paleocon definitely exists yeah, as like exists. as just like and it's just a bunch of like it's, very taut, unhappy people. <laughs> it's kind of like a like a Ren fair where it's still. <laughs> But it's still all about turkey legs. Hold on, it's a Ren fair. Less sex, though, too, right? And drugs, for uh, sure. I mean, I don't know. Okay. It's kind of some scanty uh, loincloths. I, it's it's a paleocon, <laughs> or it's a Ren, Ren fair sponsored by Lululemon. What? Pa- right? Yeah, I... I oh, there. I was thinking paleo like caveman. Like, it's a caveman con. Oh. <laughs> oh, so so just non-consensual Ren fair. <laughs> Less consensual Less Ren fair. Cons- <laughs> <laughs> Wait, are you consenting to the Ren Fair? I don't know. <laughs> I want a turkey leg now. Um, so, yeah. Uh, neoconservatism, you know, you get free market capitalism. Yeah. You get interventionist foreign policy. This is not that at all. This is pre all that. Um, I'm yeah, going to. This is 1950s. Yes. I'm going to front load this by telling you what I think is the most fun fact about Russell Kirk, which is that he declined to drive. Uh, calling cars, quote, mechanical Jacobins. I feel like I can infer his belief on owning other humans. <laughs> sure. <laughs> right. <laughs> mechanical Jacobins. Right. Like, what exactly does that mean? Also, 19 or 1896, was he, he was born? Uh, no, 1918, he was born. Oh, cars existed his entire fucking life. Yeah, yeah, totally. So this is not like, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't I mean, like, like, it's not like he saw, like he didn't see the transition from horse to car. They weren't great. <laughs> no, it's true, but they were better than walking. Yeah, born during the, uh, uh, Spanish flu. How oh. about that? Mm-hmm. Topical. Um, mm-hmm. He, uh, he also wouldn't watch television or I mean, use yeah. uh, quote electronic computers for a uh, context. Just only Adam. those organic ones <laughs> for context. Adam, he is one year younger than your grandfather. Yeah. That's a, actually kind of a nice image to have in my mind. It is a great image because Pop Pop definitely liked to drive. And he also had like a dirt floor up until like he basically got married. Amazing. Yeah. It wow. is worth. But good to know. Like, and know. I don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, just for flavor text so that people understand the, the people that I come from. Uh, my dad. Lots of dirt floors. Was given my grandfather's 1965 truck. Mm-hmm. Oh, this one? Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, like, I feel like this embodies pop. Excuse me. His 1965 mechanical Jacobin. Correct. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's a 66, it's but a, whatever. It's not a 65. It's a 66. A 66. <laughs> I apologize. 1966 Jacobin. Okay. Um, and uh, on the key ring of this truck is the upper half of my grandfather's index finger that was twisted off from uh, getting his finger stuck in oh. a spinning flywheel. Uh, like a combine or something. Like, yes. a combine, like it was a rubber. He was wearing a leather glove and then just get get Thank our you. Foley guy in here. Just <laughs> popped popped his finger right off. And the doctor was like, well, I can't attach it, but this is yours. So pop up, took it in, let it dry out, drilled a hole through it, put it on the keychain, And it's there to this day. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. I, I have never I, heard that. You've story. never heard this story no, or seen it. How have we not shown? Okay. That's something we'll have to remedy. Love I that. feel like Russell T. Kirk would approve of like 
a finger you added in the team on the, of course, <laughs> uh, a finger on the, the mechanical Jacobin though. Sure. You're yeah. like, ah, humanizing yeah, yeah. it. <laughs> I didn't or he would have hated it. Man, I don't know. Mm. Adornment. Like, is it becoming the machine? Like, is, are we starting to, are you like- sacrificing <laughs> to the evil? <laughs> oh, right. Shit. Yeah. Uh, just another, uh, pop-up was also a medic in world war two and like has like bronze stars and purple hearts. Anyway, crazy man. Uh, you know, whatever. Yeah. That's- Apparently was a renowned in the region for his, uh, excellent ability to, castrate cattle with his pocket knife yeah and uh grow Jesus. giant pumpkins okay so there you go yeah damn that's a good portrait yep and here you are adam what the fuck have you done <laughs> <laughs> like literally like pop up uh, by my age i had like done so had much a purple more than, heart had a yes had a, had a purple heart thousands of cattle anyway Jeez. what can you do with a pocket knife adam i can castrate you <laughs> boy okay not not as skillfully, I don't think. Um, so 1953 is when he wrote uh, like a big manifesto. Uh, yeah. Uh, the conservative mind. Um, that sounds kind of that sounds very manifesto. Yes, yes, it does. Uh, and this gives shape to the post World War Two conservative movement. The golden era of self-publishing. Totally. Uh, a lot based on um, the philosopher Edmund Burke. He loved him. Um, And in it, he outlines six canons of conservatism. Uh, Why are all like, I'm just saying like canons, bullet points, like all these are artillery. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I'm just (laughs) um, fair point. So the first canon is a belief in a transcendent order. Okay. Um, So we're God. Yes. Um, uh, tradition, divine revelation, natural law. Number two is an affection for the variety and mystery of human existence. So that's a little woo woo. It's a little woo woo. Yeah, that's kind of interesting. And it's interesting to me because this guy is kind of fraught with, you get the sense that there's a duality in this guy more yeah. than there are in a lot of like Bible thumpers today, because I think that this canon would be struck right out. Well, to go back to canon one, the the my brain is just spinning on the natural law thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Does that put him like towards almost today's libertarian camp? Um, no, but we'll get there. It, a lot of him he aligns kind of closely to libertarianism, but like intellectual libertarianism, but like basically is not interested in economics at all. Oh, which, you know, libertarians, that's a big, that's a big, (laughs) yeah, especially amongst the, 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 yeah, but like socially pretty libertarian. Okay. What's interesting too, is like, he's not doubling down on specifically God, Christian God, Yahweh, Jesus. Mm -hmm. Like he's saying a higher power, like he's given an unnamed higher power and which is an interesting, the second canon also is like opening the door for like almost like there's room for philosophical, dialogue here yeah and like uh, it's a, you have to have a passion for sure. the uh, mystery what does it do you know what religion he comes from um yes all right and so i'm gonna tell you that back i'm holding it back okay um uh number three lutheran methodist Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna let i'm writing down your bits now okay mm. i don't feel like you need to write it down but that's fine i'm writing them down just so you can't change them. Fair enough. Uh, Nick has a very dull, eraserless uh, Dixon Ticonderoga. Hell yeah, I do. Uh, it's just the worst pencil. It well, is the worst. It's pencil. also covered in like bite marks. Mm-hmm. Welcome to 
pencil talk with um, uh, the third canon is a conviction that society requires orders and classes that emphasize natural distinctions. There we go. Oh, there it is. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I was kind of like interested and then it just kind of fell and in that's, place. And so that's another thing that vibes as libertarian to me in a way because like okay for example there's constantly people from the islands that come into the record shop and there's a lot of libertarians in yeah. the islands it's a weird mix of 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 like the two ends of the spectrum yeah and and they'll come in and uh as one does in a record shop offer you a chicken <laughs> <laughs> i wish uh rant uh, about politics to me and at me yeah, it's not a discussion. <laughs> I should point that out. Uh, and and I'll like do a lot of like, oh, yeah, nodding. Yeah, I'm with you. And then it takes like a hard turn. Yeah. Where it's just like, whoa, um, that's uh, that's Russell Kirk to me. As yeah, well. legalize weed. No problem with gay people. COVID is a hoax. Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, <laughs> yeah. If you step on my lawn, I will shoot you. Okay. Yeah. Um, OK, uh, fourth canon. A belief that property and freedom are closely linked. Yeah. And again, yeah, <laughs> doubling down. Uh-huh. Uh, five, a faith in custom, convention, and prescription. Ugh. So this is just tradition, tradition for tradition's sake. Tradition, we love it. Why not? I mean, th- what's interesting is like these canons are not inaccurate and not an inaccurate description in many ways. Like I'm, 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 Mm -hmm. I'm not disagreeing if this, if he's like, I'm defining what a conservative is. Sure. I don't necessarily disagree with this so far. Yeah. Um, and the final one is a recognition that innovation must be tied to existing traditions and customs, which entails a respect for the political value of prudence. Come on, man. We call it horsepower. Why isn't he for the, like, I know here's where he's like, (laughs) none of these mechanical Jacobins. (laughs) Hmm. Um, but, but yet he uses printing presses. He does. <laughs> What's that? I mean, they uh, go back a little the, far, like it's presumably fine with trains too. <laughs> this is the libertarian logic thing of yeah. like seeing them driving and saying, get off the road. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying like, it's, it's a, it's a mechanized device. Yeah. Oh no, for sure. That Abraham did not have. <laughs> right. Well, it's always, I mean, that's always the, the argument about a lot of, and this is the argument that, uh, uh, was always presented in um, liberal religious studies was that every religious, con- like, uh, and I should say, I should only speak for Adventism. I can't speak for, you know, other, but uh, I know that I had liberal religion professors who said that every time a conservative speaks about going back to like to the core tenets of tradition, they're not talking about Paul or Abraham. They're talking about the 1850s. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it's like, you can, you can always, you can always look at the conservative writings and they go back about a generation and a half. Yeah. And that's been the kind of the, that's what they're <laughs> pining for. You are definitely not wrong. It does kind of trample my joke that oh, he, shit. He, better, <laughs> he, he better be writing in cuneiform. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, you're, you're correct. I mean, and that makes sense. Yeah. Your joke is funnier than my, my weird. Well, cause it's like, it's like anytime someone clings to the Bible in that way, I'm like, well, what part of the Bible? Right. Like how far back are you willing to go? Right. Like King James literalists. You're like, you can't are we count talking, that. Yeah. Are we you got to go <laughs> nude in the garden. Right. Like how far back? And, and absolutely. And, and also you can't read any of this in English then. Like if you really want to get down to like, to, well, there's that to hard literalism. None of this was ever written in English. Yeah. Sorry. Your ancestors came here on a boat, so you're already screwed. You mean the, the wooden Jacobins? Yes. 
I assume wouldn't actually no boats sort of could have existed. Okay. I mean, boats have been around. Now we're into boat talk. (laughs) (laughs) We've done pencil talk. We've moved along to boats definitely existed in Abraham's time because Abraham Abraham came from the seaport. Right. Which we discussed. Right. A seaport is not a seaport without a boat. Right. It's just a sit on a, on a, it could be a view. Yeah. I'd be like, man, it's really pretty here. We should do something with all this. (laughs) Um, yeah. Uh, so those are the six cannons. Uh, here's a quote that I pulled from it that I thought that you would like that also, uh, (laughs) often gets pulled oh uh, like you know, out of context okay. often uh he says christianity and western civilization are unimaginable apart from one another problematic All problematic po- but also like not necessarily wrong it, right that but it, you can see immediately how the door is left open for misinterpretation it is interesting because like given given his like canon one mm-hmm. like he is contradicting it Yeah, this is what I'm saying about his like weird duality. He goes on, all culture arises out of religion. When religious faith decays, culture must decline, though often seeming to flourish for a space after the religion which has nourished it has sunk into disbelief. I Uh, see what he's saying. And he's like, yeah, does this feel like a causation and correlation. Yes. Okay. Yes. Like, because it feels like what he's referencing is actually like most of the times when religion has passed, it's because like a massive war has decimated the population. (laughs) And that's the reason that culture died. Or they've like in the case of Greece or Rome, they they there was a a religion and they conquered so much that they're like, I don't really need it anymore. Right. And that's why they declined is the like complacency. Yeah. Infighting. I don't know. Bathhouses. Well, now you sound like a conservative. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so uh, he goes on with uh, traditionalist conservatism, he says, emphasizes the need for the principles of a transcendent moral order manifested through certain natural laws to which society ought to conform in a prudent manner. And this is where we get traditionalist conservatism. Um, prudent. <laughs> yeah. That's, that word seems redundant. Yep. It's funny because when they say naturalist law, they don't, don't mean, mean like evolution. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. It's a tricky word to slip in there. Mm-hmm. No, it's, it's, it's I actually, know what they mean. It's what's well, it's retconning in religious law to be natural. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, throughout the entire conservative mind, uh, no mention of economics, which as a, you know, if you're talking about conservatism, well, that, uh, the thing is, is this, the, or I guess the ironic thing about this is, is I would say in practice, this is actually closer because like, yeah, in like, as, at least as far as for like American politics, actual financial conservatism is, doesn't play a part in the politics. Right. Exactly. It's purely a talking point that they just assume and then don't actually use. Sure. Well, and I think that that's, um, when you start to think and talk about like multi-party systems in America, I right. think that that's, there's a split there because I think that there are, you know, social conservatives and, and fiscal conservatives or whatever who don't necessarily want everything to do with each other. Right. Um, and I will, it, it's equal both sides. Yes. Uh, you know, there are, you know, socially liberal people who are not interested in the economics of uh, in, in quote unquote liberal economics right. or God forbid, socialist economics, you know? Right. Um, and, uh, it, it's just, 
the unfortunate case that they have to, for whatever reason, well, we're all this side. We coexist. Yeah. Your will adopt your, you know, I don't give a shit about the social stuff. We're going to let us handle the money and vice versa. <laughs> yeah. Um, he, uh, in his like weird duality, he is certainly not by our standards, uh, contemporarily conservative in voting. In 1944, he voted for the Socialist Party candidate, um, who whose uh, uh, campaign was no to empire. Um, he was very <laughs> anti uh, expansionist, anti war, um, anti mechanical Jacobins. Yes, of course. Uh, he did vote for McCarthy, Ooh, which is yeah, problematic. Lose some points, um, but, but before. Joseph McCarthy went on a rampage or like, cause Joseph McCarthy could have just been the conservative option. <laughs> uh, no, no, he was like a big McCarthy. Like he, he stand more McCarthy. Yeah. Okay. Well um, and, uh, but he was anti HW Bush, um, and, uh, supported Pat Buchanan as the primary challenger, uh, for his wow. uh, second term, huh. uh, because he was anti Republican militarism. Right. Huh. So a conflicted guy. Yeah. Also in 1963, he converted from Protestantism to Catholicism. Huh. Converted. Yeah. Uh, and okay. he married a Catholic wife and had four daughters. Well, that's why. Yes. <laughs> it's like how my, um, my grandfather was in Lutheran seminary uh -huh. and met a seventh Avenue girl and just switched seminaries. <laughs> Amazing how that happens, right? Mm-hmm. That doesn't seem gray at all. <laughs> Adam, I know, how right? you doing? Adam has a shocked look on his face. Well, I, Trust me, I've been thinking about this my entire life. Yeah, it's it's an issue because like on its face, it feels like you just got traded mid-season. Like a, like a you know, sports player got like somebody who's playing, you know, like you, you were on one team and you got traded mid-season. Yeah. But it's more no, like in, it's, re in reality, it was like you were in you're a basketball player that got traded to a baseball there team. We go. That's funny. <laughs> like, that's, yes. And you're like, well, they're both sports. It doesn't translate. And there's both balls, <laughs> yeah. but it's not right. Huh? We can't all be Michael Jordan. N no. Well, well or, and, and maybe you can be sure. <laughs> not a, maybe you're, maybe you're a good Lutheran. <laughs> So what does it does it specify which uh, branch of Protestantism? No, nah, I know. I mean, I, I get the impression that uh, the Lutheran is is the Catholic thing really goes against some of his canons, but also sure. ties harder and harder. Well, there's a harder. I don't know what that word was, but it ties harder into some with the um, the traditions and the like the the the, the, the desire for like law, like specific laws and, and rights. Yeah. So it was it, also, it might be like giving up six and picking up six. I would have given him many more points if he had uh, converted to Judaism. I was thinking the same. When, oh. when he said converted, I was thinking, it's was like, Oh, we went to Judaism. And then he was like, Catholicism was like, you got to go. OG. Yeah. I was going to say, no messianic Jew. Oof. Sure. I mean, if you're going to go, OG, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a rare breed. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I feel like, uh, Russell Kirk is, uh, boring, <laughs> uh, and, uh, as he should be, uh, it, should be. <laughs> I, I think the, the, what comes, what comes Listen. after him is much more terrifying. Yeah. You know, like this, I feel like there are things that we disagree with. No, this is, I mean, to a certain extent, this is like communist manifesto into Soviet communism. 
Sure. Like to a certain extent, like you, you basically take like an idea, an ideologue of like, or not idea, but you take a, a collection of ideas and a collection of canons in yeah. this case. And then you like, how do I enslave a population? Yeah. With and this? I don't want to give him too much credit. Like, I don't want to say that he's a really cool guy, but like he is probably one of those people that, you know, uh, should be more forgotten than he actually is. Sure. You know, like see what he should have done is, uh, tried to kill a president. There you go. Cause we got Lee Harvey Oswald who is all about socialism. Totally. And like tried to get into Cuba and they would, they wouldn't let him in. Right. Um, and <laughs> everybody knows his name. Yep. <laughs> That's right. Lee T Harvey Oswald. <laughs> uh, Tiberius, uh, right? I have I have one last fun fact about Russell Kirk, which is that he is also a very accomplished author of both gothic fiction and ghost stories. See, of course that he is. doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I hmm. everybody. This is the thing. It's like as soon as you like as soon as somebody says like, mechanical Jacobins, like once you use that phrase, you put yourself on the map of being more interesting than you appear on the surface. Did he wear a top hat with steampunk goggles on it? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, he looked Wait, very, because everybody would be anti that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, none of that. So are we back to Renfair? He, <laughs> oh, or like I'm, I'm picturing like, or loincloths. Yeah. I was yeah. thinking like Victorian era French. Like, <laughs> he, like, uh, he looks very, uh, Churchillian. Okay. Churchillian. I, for some reason, I don't know what I was thinking, but I was thinking like you, what you're trying to say is like churchy. And then, oh. but then I was like Churchillian. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then I got Churchill. So are, are so, you meaning just broad and, and poorly yeah, dressed. Yeah, like think, uh, think, think big scarfs. Uh, oh, okay. Pugnacious. Dapper hats and glasses. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Um, I don't like this fellow. I'm just going to say it. No, I'm, <laughs> I, the thing is, is I think you could have a reasonable conversation with him based on his tenets. Like, I feel like you, no, he keeps switching. He's <laughs> like, I believe in, in like the, the ancient ways, but also ghosts and <laughs> yeah, like uh, Abraham and the patriarchy, but then like I'm a Catholic now. Right. But it, I think it's just, it's, it's the flip-flopping that really, it's fictional. It's like how uh, Arthur Conan Doyle was a massive spiritualist, but his famous character is 100% empiricist, doesn't believe in mm, any Like sort how of... JK Rowling is a terrible person. Correct. Great. But very little directly, you know, aside from, do you think that uh, Tom Clancy is a pacifist <laughs> or was a pacifist? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be funny. Wow, that would be funny. <laughs> Just a, and John Grisham is an anarchist. Anarchist, yeah. <laughs> Everything's lawyer based. I was, I was trying to think right. what's, what's the opposite yeah, of like law. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, what I find most interesting about Russell Kirk is that he, like, despite the initial ties to uh, religion and like vague mentions of religion, yeah, there is not really any like strong theology no. tied to any of this. It's, it's mostly philosophical. No, he's a traditionalist. Yeah. Like so, what he loves is tradition. So right. I'm, I'm, and you go to church because you go to church. Yeah. I'm missing the, like how he became important. Did he write a big book early on that yeah, became yeah. like, okay. The conservative mind in 1953 is like something that was conservatives he, today was he, go back to. Did he continue to be respected and like do public speaking and stuff? Or was it like, was it like that was his mind comp and people just reference that? No, he was well in his day. He was like kind of a rock star. Like a, even after he converted to Catholicism, like people were constantly he had like a man. I forget what his property was called. 
he had a property with a dumb religious like name. Meadow Lark or something? Yeah. And like people would go there to discuss religion and politics. He was like a guy. He was respected. You know, it wasn't like a, a posthumous thing. He was respected in his day for his work. And then basically kind of forgotten, hmm. but only held up as like, oh, I think people kind of respect this guy. Uh, so I'm going to reference him. Interesting. Um, this is a, this is another situation, un, not unlike Abraham, where it's like the thing the thing that he brought to the table was being the first. Yeah, and I think that I think that often because people don't, he's not a household name. Mm-hmm. It is an easy thing for people to bring up as right. like as Ru- as, to quote the great Russell Kirk, and people right. are like, oh, I guess it's like, sure. And then like the writer of the conservative <laughs> mind is like, oh well, I already. <laughs> Hmm. Yeah, that's um, interesting. And so uh, we'll we'll see with uh, future installments too as uh, how how things lo- works like the conservative mind start to get uh, perverted by the conservative party. And then what I'm interested in is like how that's used to basic as like a, a recruitment tool to gather people to conservatism. Would you say that? Kirk would see himself more as a philosopher than he would a, a, a political that's, that's uh, my ideologue. Read. That's my read. Right. Because um, like with no interest in economics, it seems like like you it'd be pretty hard to to say you were like a political and, uh, like, yes. like you know, like a think tank or something to that idea where you're, you know, perpetuating political thought. It's more that he's like, listen, conservatives like tradition. Here are the tenets, and if you agree with this, you are a conservative. Yes. No interest in economics and uh, a proven track record of like no built in allegiance to a party necessarily, right. you know, uh, uh so, uh, that's interesting to me. I feel like we are that's, currently that's in vastly an vastly different where, than, yes, than the neoconservative movement. Totally. Hmm. So that's Russell Kirk. Thanks for humoring me. Thank you so much for listening. You can follow us at KJV pod on both Twitter and Instagram to keep up with, uh, news and release schedules, the photos, random musings from Nick. I, I don't, if you find a release schedule, you let me know. I don't know why I say, oh, I always say release schedules. So I could schedules. jot some down. <laughs> I think what I'm thinking is like, I put the promos on Instagram and yeah. like, it's a release. Yep. Ha But it's not really a schedule. Um, but yeah, that's it. Uh, this you can week, also use those things to uh, get in touch with us. Yeah, that's true. Um, you can drop us a line, say. Slide in our, into our DMs. <sighs> sure. Do that. <laughs> Isn't that what people do? That's that's what the kids do these days. <laughs> I'm an old millennial. Uh, <laughs> Uh, this week, we'd love it uh, if you haven't already um, and have the time. Yeah, everybody has. It's, it's, it's the coronavirus. You have the time, uh, but probably not the brain space. But if you have both of those two things, uh, leave us a review on iTunes or I guess it's Apple Podcasts now. Sorry. I, I'm, again, old millennial. It was iTunes. It was all it was iTunes back in the day. Uh, I'm just shaking my head. Yeah, I apologize. <laughs> Uh, those reviews really help us uh, get in front of new people. And um, weirdly, like that's the metric that seems to actually affect the uh, standings. Smash so, that five star. Boop, boop, boop. Done. Boop, boop. That was it. Yeah, five stars. Uh, thanks to Mascaras and Resurrection Records for these four themes on Kixadi off the album El Moran. And this week's Resurrection Records artist is Night Beats. So, you know, not the, like those day beats, those night beats. Or day carrots. No, fuck. Day turnips. <laughs> <laughs> you can find links to these songs uh, to back episodes all sorts of things on our website kingjamesvirgin.com that is it for us this week 
Until next week, I regret to inform you that we've all uh, disappointed Russell Kirk um, because uh, I don't think that any of this would be possible without any of us using uh, electronic computers. Oh, absolutely not. Also, this whole thing feels very much like a everything here feels very much like a Jacobin of some kind. Yeah, there are um, there are socialists all around us.
Sonic Bazaar. <laughs>